The Lord God says, I think thoughts of peace and not of affliction. There isn't a doubt in one mind in this chapel today that doesn't believe this is the will of God. In 1965, Pope Paul VI, I can remember I was a junior in college watching him on television. He came, he spoke to the United Nations in French, and he said, never again, no war, never again, peace. It is peace that must guide us in our new directions. It was the same Pope who asked us today to make this a day of peace, a prayer for peace. And if there is ever a time that uh, we need peace on earth and goodwill toward one another, it's now. And it, and it fits to be a day of, of when we celebrate the motherhood of the divine, giving birth to the divine, the mother of God, the mantle of Mary, and one of her great titles is the queen of peace, and he is the prince of peace. And it was Mary who remained quite peaceful after she should have been quite upset with the message from the angel about what was about to happen to her. And yet there was an inner power and an inner strength in her because the divine was already in her in so many incredible ways that she was able to say, let it, let it be according to your word. So we know the plan. We've got the plan down cold. And yet, and yet, and yet, what is the history of the world? The history of the world is basically the history of war. Who hated who, who got back to who. It is from the, the very beginning, and I'm afraid we people of the United States were really born in violence, and it seems to be somehow part of our well, our fallen nature, part of our broken DNA. You know, right from the beginning of, of committing genocide on the indigenous people, and bringing in slaves, and of course, easily, easily justifying it biblically. Because we could quote jots and tittles and verses from St. Paul, especially when he writes to Philemon about his slave. But we, at least there, at least in theory, evolved, transcended where we thought all things should be. Where we have not yet evolved is in the things of violence and the things of war. Woodrow Wilson came and said, well, I now am now entering into the war to end all wars. It was not just a little over 20 years later that we had what Studs Terkel referred to as the good war, as if there was such a thing as a good war with millions of people dying and of course it was followed by what was followed by the Vietnam War and the first the Korean War and then the Iraq War and the war in Afghanistan and all we need to do is open the headlines today and we know exactly what we're we're reading why where in the world does this come from there really is something broken in us that needs to be healed. I don't know if it's an original sin, but I think it's something that we can grow out of, need to grow out of. We need to make a, a conscious effort to, to be the people of peace that is the will of God. 
Buckminster Fuller, the fellow who invented the geodesic dome, once said, there's only one reason for war. It's because we actually believe the lie, and it is a lie, that there's not enough for thee and for me, and I'd better take care of myself first. And so it is. It was greed and anger and fear that seems to take residence in all of us at some time or another or some way or another that that leads to it's just not enough. I want my fair share. Mel Brooks used to make fun of Hitler when he would say, Hitler wanted peace. He really wanted peace, you know. Little piece of Austria, little piece of Hungary, little piece of Poland. I want it all. We want it all. And it is the greed that is causing so much of the violence today for our fair share. What does Jesus have to say about it? You know, it took Mahatma Gandhi to point out to us, because after Constantine, we simply didn't get it. We just carried on with our crusades in the name of the Christ to murder and rape and kill. It took Mahatma Gandhi to point out to us that if you really look at your savior, your master, he was a man of peace. Not only was he a man of peace, he was a nonviolent man. He was a pacifist man, a peaceful man. And, and, and we we just don't get it. We just, we've never, re- we, we give it lip service. I'm not quite sure it's, I'm not quite sure that we've evolved to the point where we can say, no, we are God's peaceful people. And we can. We can say it. And here's why we can say it. St. Paul spells it out to us perfectly in the second reading today. He says, the, the fullness of, of, in the fullness of time, God sent his son born under the law so that we might be adopted as daughters and sons of God. And here's the proof. Here's the way that you know you've got God's stuff. He sent us God's spirit. And God's spirit is a spirit of peace, the one that can cry, Abba, Father. If he had that power, so we have that power. And the thing that Jesus does with that power is begin to transcend the law under which he was born. You have heard it said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And by the way, we, we know that. We've already heard a, a thousand times that that was a step in the right direction. Because what does the human nature want to do? You take out one eye, I want two eyes, a limb, and a leg. And Obviously, we have not even learned that lesson yet, especially when it comes to what we call proportionality. Now, I don't know if it's true or not, because it's really hard to know what we are hearing on the news really is factual all the time, so we have to really watch our sources. But I've, I've heard that for every Hamas who is killed, 700 innocent Palestinians are killed. That's not proportionality. That's not even an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That's just pure, unadulterated escalation. And then Jesus goes on to add insult to injury when you are struck on the right cheek, turn the other cheek. Now, I don't know quite what to do with this. This is something I think we need to to ponder. Mary 
pondered all these things in her heart. She, she looked them over and she thought about them. We need to wrestle with this to find out where we come out on this. But, but, but I think we need to first and foremost and above all dare to believe that war is not inevitable, that we can evolve, become a people of peace. It's a biblical promise. And I ran across this last night as I was doing a little bit of homework for today's homily from John Kennedy. He spoke at the uh, American College at, at one of the graduations, obviously before the Vietnam War began. And this is what he wrote, and I think it's worth quoting. It's, it's quite good. He said, let, let us examine our attitude towards peace itself. Too many of us think it's impossible. Too many think it's unreal. But that is a dangerous, defeatist belief. It leads to the conclusion that war is inevitable, that, he, that mankind is doomed, and that we are gripped by forces that we cannot control. We need not accept that view. Our problems are man-made. Therefore, they can be solved by man. And man can be as big as he wants. No problem of human destiny is beyond a human being. Our reason and our spirit have often solved the seemingly impossible and unsolvable. And we believe we can do it again. What kind of peace do I mean? What kind of peace do we seek? Not the Pax Americana enforced by the enforced on the world by American weapons of war, not the peace of the grave or the security of the slave. I'm talking about genuine peace, a kind of peace that makes life on earth worth living, the kind that enables men and women of all nations to grow and to hope and to build a better life for their children. And not merely peace for Americans, but peace for all peoples, all men, all women. Not merely peace in our time, but peace for all time. So, how do we achieve this peace, or at least enter into this realm of peace? I really believe that first we've got to go inside before we go outside. I think until I am at peace in my own heart, and I must confess, I've been, I've been really shaken up by the last two wars that we find ourselves both in Ukraine and in the Gaza Strip. And I have not really been at peace inside. It makes me wonder how much I really trust in the process, how much faith I really have that God knows what God is doing and, and dare to believe that even though God seems to spare us nothing, God is able to sustain us in everything. And so I need to look inside my own soul and ask, am I at peace? First with the people that I love the dearest, the people I'm close to, my own family. Am I at peace with my neighbor, with the stranger, with my enemy? And of course, it all stems from being at peace with myself. And then I think the second, second thing we need to do is to, is to act. 
we, we really do have to get involved. We do have to be peace activists. And of course, to be a peace activist means to, to practice what I think is one of the queen virtues that we don't teach much about, and that's the virtue of prudence. We always think prudence is about mm, holding your peace and not saying anything. No, no, no. Prudence is all about knowing when to speak up and when to shut up. And that's a divine grace. That's a grace of God because there are times when we really, literally need to shut up. But there are times when we honestly need to speak up and to, and to, and to call it forth. How did we do this? I think Pope Paul VI said it best when he says, you want peace? Work for justice. Work for justice because when there is enough food to go around, when there is enough security, when we have the ability to educate our children, especially our, our girls in the foreign lands that, that will not even allow them to show their faces. Until we come to that point, we are going to be stuck where we are, and so there are times when we need to speak up. And then, and then, and I don't think that we are going to see it in our lifetime, but we have to claim the promise nonetheless. And what's the promise? It's the promise of Isaiah that they shall beat their swords into plowshares. They shall turn their spears into pruning hooks. In one nation shall not war against another nation, nor shall they ever train for war again. We need to begin with peace. At the end of this Mass today we'll be singing let there be peace on earth, and let it begin with me. I'm not one who makes New Year's resolutions because I'm almost always breaking them. But I'm going to make one this year. I'm going to say it publicly because, because I need to put myself into the mindset of peace. Do you know what the number one greeting of Jesus was? The word that he said immediately after he rose from the dead and appeared to his disciples who had utterly abandoned him. Shalom, peace. What was the first thing he told his disciples when they went out two by two to knock on the door to proclaim the kingdom? Peace, shalom. And if there is a peaceable person, the peace will come back to you. And so I'm going to start answering my phone. Shalom, peace. And I'm going to try to greet when I see someone on the street with the greeting, shalom, peace, which puts me in a mindset of peace and helps me to see that the deepest reality of the person with whom I am speaking has that same peace inside of them. Until we get there, we're going to continue working in circles. But it can be done. It must be done. It is the will of God.